Okay, now we are rolling. Okay, is it actually rolling? Okay, hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. We're going to be chatting about August 7th through the 13th, 2020. I like Andrew's I'm Andrew because it sounds like you have like some cognac or something. Yeah. You're sitting there like, I'm <laughs> <do>. Andrew. <laughs> it's like fine Cuban cigar. Mm. Yeah, we're in like t-shirts and shorts and he's got like a nice suit on. Yeah, and like a, the lounge and jacket. Coffee. Yeah. Oh man. He's brought in a fireplace and a uh, big comfy chair and a Andrew's, dog. He's truly the best of us now after yeah. this pandemic. <laughs> after this pandemic, yeah, because it doesn't During. exist anymore. Damn it. It's crazy. What is this? This is our third back to normal podcast ish i can't, i was telling someone asked me how long it's been now like since maybe has been open and i was like oh like a month and my wife was like no i don't think so and i really don't it's know been like anymore. three weeks about three weeks so this okay. friday yeah so july 17th was our comeback day so it's gonna be a month soon man the crusty comeback special was july 17th <laughs> and what a day did the thing keep doing pretty well yeah it's interesting we're like on this learning curve of what to program and what's mm. available <laughs> who to trust who to trust <laughs> it seems that people want to watch retro versus new stuff yeah they're like we're scared of new stuff we don't we don't know it yet yeah so we're learning what people want to come see and interestingly enough kind of before this we really tried to have at least one ottawa premiere a week mm-hmm. now it seems that people really want to watch retro and you could deep dive into why like maybe people are just looking for comfort now they mm-hmm. they're looking for something they know something they know is going to be good some nostalgia yeah, 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 yeah. they've never seen the big screen even because i know there's a lot of stuff for me that i've seen but never like this oh for sure and i mean Not a like movie this. like the thing i bet you a lot of people coming to see it whether they're 20 ish or 30 ish they might not have ever seen it before at all, or teenagers mm-hmm. coming to see it. So. And now it's a Wilfred Brimley rest in peace screening. Yeah, too. yeah we just that, missed that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that counts too. And uh, Enter the Dragon uh, in September is John Saxon. Yeah, rest in peace screening. And that's that should be the first thing I think of when I think of John Saxon. But for me, it's like a lot weirder stuff, like Nightmare on Elm Street for sure. But like Blood it'll be Beach. weird something, or like The Glove or something. The where, Glove. Or, yeah. uh, what a, during the pandemic, oh. I watched Cannibal Apocalypse. Oh yeah, that, man, the music in that is great. That's a good. That's a good movie. It's it's so talk about a guy like he's one of those guys where you're just sort of like, oh yeah, he's been in some classics, and then you really deep dive and you're like, how is he in all this stuff? So few people who are able to have a breadth of knowledge of all that weirdness that he's, he's in. One of those actors who did you know like over two hundred film and tv roles man it's so crazy so he's a pretty busy guy yeah and some of those it was like I, I, like italian stuff and whatever that where he yeah, wasn't even like italian, filming it with them at the same yeah, time a lot of italian stuff <laughs> is the one you watched one of those cannibal ones where they tricked people into thinking it was real or they didn't even try to but no. media picked up on it it's set in uh, the city it's shot it was shot in atlanta it's an Italian production, but they shot in Atlanta, Georgia, so weird. which is where it's set. Because it's one of those Italian movies where they're pretending it's not Italian. Those movies it's American. are so weird. <laughs> and John Saxon is a Vietnam veteran who, in the opening scene, two of the men in his platoon go cannibal crazy. Yeah. Just because? I, I, I think it was out of desperation or something. Like they were kept behind enemy lines or whatever and they had to eat or something. Yeah, I think. yeah. And then he, it's sort of like, it's a little like a zombie movie in the, the way the rules work. Like if you get bitten, you become a cannibal. <laughs> okay, not, yeah. a, not a zombie, but a, but a cannibal where you can still act kind of normal. So you're still like going to work and stuff, but you're just a cannibal? Yeah, but then, you know, if someone's like neck looks really good, you can just take... I gotta see this. Man, I haven't seen this. This is the vampire rules too, I guess. Every time I hear yeah. about cannibal movies, I think about the ones where... 
a lot of them, I don't even think the production tried to trick people, but for the time, the effects were so good and the acting was so kind of faux documentary style or whatever that, and I don't think this is urban legend. I think this actually happened where like police went to see filmmakers or film production companies yeah. and were like, did you murder these people? Yeah, it was cannibal holocausts. <laughs> and they had to prove that they're like, no, no, they're alive. Was, was it Ruggiero Deodato, I think it was, who had to do, who had to go in court and prove. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, was, it was either cannibal Ferox or cannibal holocaust. It was or cannibal maybe holocaust. It, well, yeah. Cause they're both pretty gross. And, and cannibal like the, Ferox, I find a lot rougher. Yeah. And, and well, and it's got the, the animal stuff, which uh, none of us want to see. Yeah. Uh, I can't watch yeah. the animal stuff. But, which is weird too, because then it's like, I'll watch the grossest, you know, stuff that's not real but then you show me that and I'm like oh I can't or even like medical footage I don't well, want to see those that either, ones but... it's like they're really killing those animals yeah. and they're not necessarily wasting the animals like it's not even about that like that's what I find I just as an animal lover I, I can't watch that I don't want to watch that like it's not about a culture thing or anything like that for me I'm like I can respect that you know we're not just seeing it as exploitation necessarily but it kind of is too it's one of those ferox I think I think there's Probably. a random scene that I think is, speaking of not wasting, I think it's just documentary footage. So I think the snake ate this thing, but it's the longest scene in the world. And it probably isn't really, but it just feels like it's 35 minutes and it's mm-hmm. probably three. <laughs> but it's a big anaconda snake just killing the cutest little kind of Ewok badger you've ever seen. Yeah. And it just, the scene in my memory just goes on and on and this thing's screaming. And I just picture the crew and like the boom guy and the yeah. camera operator being like, ugh, like... And then if they're like, uh, take two, throw another wombat in there. Yeah. yeah that stuff's rough. Because, you know, the actors, you know that they're fine. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, most people are against censorship. But it is cool that I think it was Grindhouse releasing actually did a cruelty-free version. Yeah, of that. I was just thinking of that. It, which, yeah. And that's, that's a really cool. That's that maybe the only time where the, I'm the vegan censorship version. Yeah, basically. Well, not quite the vegan, but the vegan non-animal. Yeah, non-animal murder version, if possible. Or there's that Mystery Science Theater. They did all those educational shorts. Yeah. And there's one about, it's called Catching Trouble. And it's a guy, it's like a real... It's this guy who's hunting animals, like bagging baby tigers or baby lions. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just sitting there, like, riffing on it and talking about how it's this guy, and he's got, like, an Indian guide. Right. And they're just bagging, yeah, like, baby lions and stuff. And like it's, just, like like it's the picking most... tomatoes. Like yeah, it's just, just the mo- <laughs> like the most casual animal cruelty. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, but that goes back because I remember seeing a documentary on PBS ages ago, just about Westerns, and... I got to look up this number, but anybody now complaining about, oh, there's too many horror movies or, oh, there's too many superhero movies. Westerns had them beat like in their peak, in their heyday. And I'm talking about, you know, the 20s through the 50s. Mm -hmm. There was something like six major studio Westerns a month. Like it was just every week, every two weeks, there's more. And you see some of that footage and it's just they I remember they slowed it down and kind of digitally restored the shot so you could see the tripwire. And it's this giant thing of three dozen horses, and they're just all going down. So both them and the stuntmen just going down, and you just feel like they were just monsters. And you just be like, oh, okay, we need another um, black and white horse in the middle, and we need another brown horse on the end. And they were just just heartless like how many times lassie must have drowned and we just never oh knew God. about well, it <laughs> like bring out another lassie remember the legends around milo and otis and oh, I've, yeah. I've broken a few people's hearts with that over the years because yeah, ran- people love that movie <laughs> yeah and randomly i'll meet another 30 year old 40 year old and we're randomly talking about our favorite kids movies and people are like oh never ending story or you know space jam or whatever and someone goes oh milo and otis and then you tell them that it wasn't filmed in north america and there was no rules 
and they were just yeah you know the scene where they go over the waterfall yeah they shot that 15 times with 15 different dogs and cats it's just <laughs> horrible again and again yeah and again and again <laughs> yeah so it's, it's nice now when you see a movie what did i just see I saw something and they put a big sign at the end saying no animals were hurt during this movie well uh django at the end of Django, one of the first end credits is American Humane. Like, like, yeah. we, like no horses were harmed. Yeah, like <laughs> no were horses a, were harmed. No horses. Wink, wink. <laughs> Wait a minute. Remember, we showed that movie. I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it was a almost like a post-apocalyptic dog movie where a bunch of dogs oh. overran a city. It's it not was, Isle of Dogs, right? No, no, it was live action. It was kind of like Isle of Dogs, though. But <laughs> Sounds like... it was almost like a live-action, scary Disney movie, like a Watership Down-esque. Man. And there was like a leader dog and a tough dog. And oh, dog. yeah. In the movie. Oh, they... Homeward Bound? No, no, no. Oh, this God. is like a more recent R-rated version of Homeward Bound. I think it's it really was R-rated. For. I think it was R-rated because the violence <laughs> in it was so tough, like because it was dogs in Fight Club Dogs and stuff like that. I got... <laughs> Andrew doesn't believe this is no, a real but movie. No, we, we screened it, and I knew I wasn't going to... It was a rough watch for me, but it, it won like a giant award at the Cannes Film Festival, all this kind of stuff. It was it was a oh, big... Oh, was it White God? White God? That might have been it. Yeah. Is that is that the one where the dogs start revolting? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's like Night of Living Dead. Like, I don't think there's a... <laughs> Night of Living the Dead. The dogs just suddenly... They just... They just go back. But there's some scenes in that that were so rough to watch, but especially because it was shot in 2015 or whatever. Well, it's a foreign film, isn't it? It's a foreign film, yeah. And man, it's good, but it is rough it's tough to watch because if that movie had been done in 1972 it would have been just like yeah, yeah. we use a lot of dogs It'd be like roar movie. basically there are so many like in the 70s there was this subgenre of animals gone bad movies mm-hmm. especially made for tv movies like when they forgot to lock the yeah, zoo yeah. or something night of the lepus oh, or something yeah. Yeah, <laughs> night of the, Le- the killer bunny movie it's so good they're running out at that point they're like okay we've done spiders several times dogs. and that was before jaws yeah because after jaws it's like oh we got to do killer animal movies oh, grizzly we need grizzly grizzly there's one of those killer animal movies might be just called day of the animals night of the animals yeah yeah day yeah, of the animals with leslie nielsen, nielsen. Yeah. yeah and i have it on like a one of those like six packs and it has grizzly and something else you know oh, man i remember that just the trailer for that it blows your mind because there's these scenes of like kind of from a bus driver point of view and there's like a puma or something trying to get in the bus <laughs> And like running at it, and it just looks like, yeah, I think they just let the puma go and yeah. like go and get him. And he's driving the bus. You're like, well, yeah. this is my kind of movie. Or there's uh, during the pandemic, I watched Prophecy. Oh yeah, which oh, is right. like yeah. they're dumping toxic waste into the lake, and then there's like a cross between a, a fish, like it's like a, a fish and it's a, sort of like bear. a bear. Yeah, like a it's creature. like man bear pig. Yeah, or something. basically, yeah. And then who's the, who's the guy who's in that? There's like kind of a major, or well, not Natalia Shire. Oh yeah. I, there's someone who's, who's the co-star. I can't remember because they just put that out. Like there's Armand a, Desante. Oh God, I hope it's a terrible movie. I hope he's in. It. Yeah, but it like it's it got a, a terrible nice movie, but, release. but it's fun to watch. Yeah, I, in I the right even, frame of mind. I, I think I got that one confused with The Prophecy for the longest time. Which oh, isn't that Christopher Walken? Yeah, yeah, exactly. With Glenn Danzig. Yeah, he he was in the first two, and then three and four weren't as good for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Christopher Walken doesn't do Beyond Part 2. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, he can pick and choose, I he guess. He was busy doing Country Bears or Kangaroo Jack. Oh, God, Country Bears starring He's in Haley a lot Joel of Osmond. movies. Yes, well, man, not enough killer uh, animal movies anymore, though. Is yeah. that out of the Disney vaults, the, the Country Bears? Is that on Disney? Are I think it probably is on it? Disney I mean, Plus, probably. Know. Secondhand Lions? That didn't even have lions in it, did it? I mean, jeez. What a I think, was it Michael Caine and Christopher Walken or yeah, Robert that's... Duvall? 
Oh uh, yeah, that's it. I was thinking Ed O'Neill, and I knew it wasn't Ed O'Neill. It's never Ed O'Neill. It's never Ed O'Neill. <laughs> no, except it's Little Dutch. Giants. It was Little Giants. Little Giants. Not secondhand lions. So listen, we're just doing our best here. We can just ramble on about stuff for two hours, but I want to jump into our programming because yeah. we've got crazy stuff this week. It's good. And we're kind of limited because Andrew and I are on the job and got to get back to before, Jurassic Park before in Jurassic Park 40 starts. minutes or yeah. so. So August 7th through 13th, not to diminish the other movies I'm going to mention, <laughs> but I'm going to kind of skim over some of the other movies because I really want to talk about one of these movies. Hmm. So we have the Ottawa premiere of Made in Italy with Liam Neeson and his son, and it's a dramatic comedy. His real life son? His real life son. Oh. Yeah, Lee told me that. Wow. And it's I'm so Star Wars brainwashed when I hear the trailer, I'm just like, Qui-Gon? Yeah. Then we have the Ottawa premiere of... Joan of Arc, the latest incarnation mm. of Joan oh, of Arc. We've had that poster up forever. Forever. We've had that poster oh, up man. since like January, That's I think. That's hilarious. Because I think the premiere was supposed to be in March yeah. before the end times oh, hit. Almost made it. And speaking about remakes and reimaginings, how many Joan of Arcs have there been in the last hundred years? Oh, man. That Luke Besson one must have been good. Oh, the, the Messenger or whatever. What's her name? Uh, Mila Jovovich. Is that who it Yeah. But that was probably before she was doing like Resident <laughs> Evil. Yeah, that was like 99 or something. Yeah. Like, oh, man. But watch this one instead. Yeah, come watch this one. <laughs> then we're wrapping up our Godzilla mini-fest with Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Oh, man, classic. These have been so fun to see on the big screen. Some of them are bonkers, like Destroy All Monsters, which I hadn't seen since I was a kid. You can't even explain that movie. Like, I it's bet like, they didn't even destroy all the monsters. No, they didn't destroy it. Like, they destroyed <laughs> two, the two little tiny ladies in it. Yeah, there's the, the like... The Mothra twins or something? Yeah, there's like a species of tiny little six-inch people who live in an island. And they worship Mothra? They worship Mothra. Right. Maybe that's explained in another movie. It's not explained in this movie. Uh, maybe in Mothra. I'm not clear on and that. And when does though. Mothra become Mothra? I, I don't know. Because now she's just like a big larvae. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it happens in more than one movie. Why that is she, she even called Mothra? Mothra? I, I might be wrong. Because I think maybe, is Mothra like a, the Evil Dead 2 of the Mothra world, you know, where they like retell the story of Mothra? Oh, maybe. Because I'm pretty sure Mothra was already in one of the Godzilla movies before Mothra was a movie. Could be wrong. Is it a big twist in one movie where like she becomes like, Mothra? I don't know. I, gotta, I, I, I know there's like seen Mothra be birthed, but I feel like they must have milked I, that I at least two or three times. I don't think the filmmakers were expecting <laughs> no. you to ask all these questions. I know, no. the hard-hitting moth questions. Uh, but it's so good. It's so much fun. But the movie I want to talk about, we've got Empire Strikes Back this week. Which is astounding. and Maybe the best sequel of all time. The only silver lining to happen to us during this lockdown is that this could be the first step of Disney shrugging and going, oh yeah, it's uh, really easy for us to release our old movies. Maybe we can just do this all the time. Yeah, maybe the extra money might be nice. <laughs> yeah, I just look at it as this kind of cinematic nerd karma wheel where... There's going to be people who don't catch it with us this week because they're busy, they're out of town, they whatever. And then they'll say, oh, we're going to watch that on TV. Or a kid might come see it. And then next time they're in a Walmart or something, go, hey, can you buy me this Chewbacca? Like, is there? there's no harm in us showing these old films. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to make people stop subscribing to Disney Plus for the week. And people who have Disney Plus and have watched it already are like, oh, this is our only chance to see it on the big screen. Yeah. There's no negative to this, so I'm hoping that maybe they go, oh yeah, in another couple weeks you could have Jedi, in another couple weeks you could have Pinocchio, whatever, you know? <laughs> Logical couple... step. <laughs> Country Bears. Yeah, yeah. Country Bears, Herbie the Love Bug. So do they have A New Hope still, or is that, I'm still confused about that. They have everything. Like, they just, so they, if it were up to Disney, they could be like, you can have A New Hope? Because I know oh, it was yeah. with, there was that weirdness for a while where it was like. Yeah, well, now that the, now that they officially own Fox, okay. they own everything. <laughs> All right. So 
yeah, so there's no weird red tape the way they have going with some of the Marvel licenses where mm. Sony still owns Spidey. So they kind of got to hold hands with them and be friends when they're producing a Spidey film. But because they bought Fox, they have all that library now ranging from Firefly to Alien to Buffy yeah. to Predator to Planet of the Apes. I think that was the buried lead in that Beyond the Fox Valley of the thing. Dolls. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is, I love that movie. I'm not I love lie. it, too, and I cannot believe we live in a world where disney owns that yeah and, and it's not do, putting it out they won't do anything with it probably. no they probably don't even know they own it they <laughs> could they could <laughs> put it out though because i remember when disney got the first wave of like i can't believe disney's doing this but way back in the 80s when they started doing hollywood pictures and touchstone pictures they were producing stuff that wasn't kid friendly mm-hmm. yeah so they could do that again like have a hollywood banner or have a touchstone banner they should i mean like the audience for you know horror or adult stuff we'll just call it is not going away ever yeah so like wh- why not just do that you like have a little side that like dimension did or whatever you know it'll be interesting to see what they do if anything with well especially because planet of the apes is coming off a very successful trilogy that mm-hmm. was both financially successful not something as big as avengers or anything but financially successful and really good critics liked it fans liked it then there's the alien and predator movies which have kind of been hit and miss the last little while but is still a viable franchise for them. So they have all this stuff, but they're so distracted because they're making money hand over fist because it's funny that people kind of stuck their nose up at The Rise of Skywalker, but you're like, well, it's still a $200 million movie that made a billion dollars. Yeah. So it's like, yes, it made less than the couple previous, but they're still okay with that. And so they've got Frozen, Avengers, Star Wars. They've got so much stuff. They've got stuff that makes money that you don't even realize made money. Yeah. When you're like, Aladdin made a billion dollars. Billion dollars? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's super weird. That's with a B. That's yeah, with a yeah. B. Yeah. It's almost like some of that stuff, like you could see an Aliens TV, like a like a bigger budget R-rated TV show yeah. would work great for Predator as well. Like, I mean, that, I don't think either of those things will happen. But I mean, if you were to get like an HBO or a Showtime or whatever, like that would, that could work really well because well I think they series. now own... It's all these channels that I don't keep track of because I haven't had TV for so long. Yeah. But they own Fox TV. So, like, I mean, they own The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. But then Fox has those kind of off branches, like I think like FX or yeah. something like that. So that would work really well for any of that kind of more mature programming. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus isn't their only option. Like they have all kinds of other things where they could put more mature programming. Yeah. And I think there's been hints <clears throat> that Deadpool's coming back sooner or later. Yeah. So, and like... It's Hulu or something. I think they might own Hulu. I don't know. They own everything, but... It's weird. But anyhow, Empire Strikes Back is a big deal, because if you're not in the know, this is the first time it's been on the big screen since 1997 with its special edition re-release for the anniversary of the original Star Wars. Which I did see in theaters. That's the last time I saw it in theaters, I guess. Is that the first time you saw it in theaters? I guess it must have been, actually, because, I mean, I was born in 82. You might have seen it, because there were releases in... I might be getting this wrong, but I believe in 90 for its 10th anniversary, Mm. there was a re-release. Damn, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I remember, like, the first time I saw it was on VHS, clearly. But, like, in terms of seeing the theater, I don't remember. You know, because it may have been 97, because I remember what a big deal that was. And I was just, like, losing my mind. And when we finally got that in our small town, you know, and they were doing, like, week-long showings of it. And we were going to do, my sister and I were going to do the three in a row. But then she fell asleep 
during Empire, like pretty early on, I think, <laughs> and we just didn't bother with Jedi. So, you know, the, the attempt was there, but it was like, oh, I remember what a big deal that was, especially, I mean, I was writing that, I was like 12 or 15 or whatever. So it's just like, to think of like kids maybe in that mindset now who might be like, oh my God, Mayfair's playing, oh, this could be amazing. Oh yeah, well, and people forget because Star Wars has been just everywhere for the past 20 years now. But leading up to those special editions, there was a handful of action figures, some comic books, but it was pretty much gone. Like you couldn't walk into a random store and get a Star Wars magazine or a Star Wars postcard or walk into the dollar store and there'd be Star Wars coloring books. Like, mm -hmm. so when that special edition hit, I remember just being like, oh my God, there's a stormtrooper on a Pepsi bottle. <laughs> it, it was just little things like that. There was just like a real big buzz about it because especially at the time it was VCRs. So the quality wasn't great. Even if you had a nice widescreen edition, you were still watching it on a tube television. So just like the sound and quality picture on that big screen was amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, a decade after that came the prequels and then really Star Wars had been around since then. Getting Empire on the big screen is a big deal because Lucasfilm had a few little re-releases, but then Disney, I don't know exactly when they started this, but they just don't let anything out. Yeah. So it wasn't an option the way that we could have a Godzilla Fest or a James Bond Fest or a Planet of the Apes Fest. We couldn't do anything like that for no reason at all. We couldn't do Disney. And it used to be like, oh, there's 35 millimeter prints. Oh, they're hard to track. Now there's no excuses. And I yeah. hope that that tiptoes us towards them just being like, yeah, you can have some other stuff. Well, and initially, like, we weren't even going to get Empire because I remember you, we you and Lee yeah. were talking about that. Yeah, like, we weren't even open yet. And it was just like, well, it's here for a week and it's gone. And literally, we won't be open. So it's gone. Yeah, Vancouver <laughs> had it two weeks before us. And they were told, yeah, you can have it for this one week. So I thought, oh, we missed it. Maybe we'll get Jedi in a month or something. Yeah. And then it would have been great. But no, like this is, a st I couldn't really believe that we got it. Like it almost just seems like they're doing Lee a solid. <laughs> I think, so. yeah. And you know, it would be nice if we had this during a time where we could put 300 people in the cinema every night. Yeah. We can't. So what we're hoping is if we hopefully get 50 people seven days in a row. Yeah. Everyone, as I keep telling people, best way to support us, if you have an extra couple bucks to spend, buy a ticket. But then buy a Coke and a popcorn. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to support it. So if every if 50 people come and everyone buys some candy, that's going to be a really good week for us. It's going to help us a lot. Mm -hmm. And then maybe Disney will look at that and go, oh, yeah, let's let these Canadians have some more stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and having the pre-buy tickets as well yes. helps with that because then you can just come in. You already got your ticket. That saves you a couple minutes already. Just go get your popcorn real quick or whatever, you know. And as we speak, we are half sold out on... Friday and Saturday. Mm. It's Wednesday afternoon right now. So my dream is by Friday morning, those two shows are sold out. That'll never happen. They'll never happen. <laughs> oh, man. Someone's going to blurt out a spoiler and then no one's going to buy tickets. Yeah. <laughs> don't, oh, don't tell anyone how it ends. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell anyone about that movie. It's still the statue. Rosebud was Darth Vader's sled. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> what a good movie. <laughs> oh, man. And it's good because like I've said this a couple of times, but I admit that I'm cheap and I hate service fees. Because especially like, you know, you buy a Ticketmaster ticket and you're like, it's a $40 ticket with $95 in service fees. Oh, like God. it's bonkers. So I've been happy that people have been very understanding about the little, it's like a buck 50 or so service fee per ticket, but we did not increase our ticket prices. So our ticket prices are still low. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we can't, we can't lower our ticket prices to offset it either because we're a business. So yeah. So, so people have been very understanding about that where it's like, even with the surcharge that isn't going to us we're still cheaper than anybody. So yeah. I think people are just 
more use of that. And it's like, we have one gentleman who comes in from far off in suburbia and he says he doesn't mind paying the buck 25, buck 50 because then he knows he can get in. He drives right. that 45 minutes or half it's an hour. It's a convenience fee. Yeah. Man, it's, it is nice for us. And it is something that in the glorious future, where everything's fine. We could just keep it. And it doesn't cost us anything. It is a convenience for folks just to, yeah. to secure that they got their ticket. <laughs> it doesn't cost anything, us anything. It does cost you something. So yeah. if you want it, then... But yeah, I saw Empire for the first time, sadly, in a theater that doesn't exist anymore at the Somerset here in Ottawa. Mm, the building exists, at least. The building is now of. a grocery store and a <laughs> yeah. condo. But, so that's something. But yeah, I remember it, it was my first movie on the big screen. I was like four years old. And the funniest part of the story is, you know, when you're four, your whole life is four years. So three years is a long time. Yeah. And even at the age of four, I was savvy enough that there had been a previous one. There's going to be another one cliffhanger ends and i looked at my dad and was like when's the next one thinking he was going to say next week yeah and he said well the last one was three years ago so i guess about three years and i and i probably like swore and i was like three years what are you talking about and just the thought of waiting that long man was an eternity for me and so as i joke as any kid i know any of my little nephews or nieces who are going to watch it, I'd be like, no, you got to wait three years between sure. watching Empire and Jedi. But then you loved A Return of the Jedi when it came out. Oh, yeah. I was so. the exact right age. I love those Ewoks. <laughs> I love that Admiral Akbar. Yeah. Oh. Hilarious. Love that Emperor. Yeah, you know, he's always cracking if, us up. If you're up. seven years old, the Ewoks are both cool and kind of a little scary. Yeah. Because they're, they're like... I'm pretty sure killing and eating stormtroopers. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> so, were going to kill them, like the yeah. rebels. They planned to kill them. And what's good is when you're seven, you really have no concept of the construct of a movie or a story so you really do think this, this is the end yeah these ewoks are gonna eat han solo and luke skywalker <laughs> roll shame. credits yeah yeah you know? he gets out of the carbonite now he's getting eaten by this yeah. little thing here empire wins the end yeah that could be worse i guess could that's be. what's fun about when you're a dumb kid watching a movie you don't get that stuff like nah. you're an adult you're a teen you're like well i know luke skywalker's not gonna die here yeah, well, you know, I mean, maybe maybe he dies in uh, Empire this time. Maybe he does. Maybe he got it's a special edition. Yeah. We're showing this bonkers trailer that I've never seen before for Empire from like 1980 or 1979, actually, because it says coming next summer. And the voice sounded really familiar. And I said to Lee, is that Harrison Ford? And it is. It's Harrison Ford doing the next summer galaxy really? Far- yeah it's harrison ford Man. wow and i guess george just was like hey harrison you're free this afternoon you want to come in and do a voiceover <laughs> yeah yeah here's 500 he, he was bucks. doing harrison's deck yeah was, yeah probably it was back <laughs> when harrison was just doing everything for lucas Man. and he was just like hey come in and do this i haven't seen that trailer now i need to see it watch that trailer right now we have it. it's in front of jurassic park and stuff but it's quite the thing it, it's so cool to see this world before star wars was what it was a sequel's coming but they don't know that could be a flop yeah is there footage like too or is it just because they must not have most of it shot not only point. is there footage there's footage that isn't in the movie okay this is because there's one shot and i know this legendary weird shot where 3po pulls a warning sign off of a door mm. and i think it's because from the novelization i believe it's i think it's like to trick stormtroopers into thinking it's not like a an exit or something <laughs> and there's another scene where it's Luke and Leia about to kiss. Yeah. And it's not the scene in the movie. It's a more like... Edited oh for seniors. God. Yeah, like, it doesn't Man. sound good. But it's, oh, it's... Andrew, do you remember your first Empire Strikes Back? Probably... Well, I would have been too young for theater. Well, I, I didn't see the 97 re-release, but it was probably when I was in school. VHS. We, oh, yeah. When we were in school, we would watch movies and they'd, we'd watch the Star Wars the movies. The coolest teacher. <laughs> on, those t- on those TVs, on the... Um, 
yeah, those big trolleys with the wheels. Yeah, <laughs> those like you know forty inch tube TVs that they'd wheel in with the VCR when the substitute teacher was just out of things to do. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching the original. I think we only saw the original in school. I'd already seen it, but like I, I just remember the arm getting cut off in Moss Eisley, and I remember being like, "Oh man, that's a bloody arm!" Like I it remember, felt like pretty risque for a kid. So I saw Star Wars. I have to ask my mom for confirmation on this, but not too far away from when I saw Empire. Like I saw it at a drive-in. So I think I saw it in like you know '79 as like a three-year-old baby. So I have just just slight memories of it. But I remember when Obi Wan gets taken out at the end of Star Wars, that just wrecking me. Very upset. And in the second one, when 3PO got blown up, very upset. And in the third one, it was really just everything in Jabba's palace I found terrifying. Yeah. And again, you're a kid and you're like, oh, Luke fell in that pit. Rancor's going to eat him. Movie's over. Yeah. Way to go, guys. You can't beat a Rancor. <laughs> Look how big that thing He's is. He's got no weapon. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, we hope you can join us for Empire Strikes Back. Maybe, maybe One of Jedi, seven sold-out shows. Yeah. Man, that'd be, that'd be sweet if all seven get sold out. Oh, it's going to be so cool. Like, we've, it's been, it's been what, 30 years or whatever you said? So, I mean. And the thing, too, is, like, this could be the last time for 30 years. No it one really knows. could be. Yeah. yeah. So, you, you got to get those tickets. You're really pushing it here, but yeah, I mean, do it, do it. it's Empire Strikes Back, you know? It's the Godfather 2 of Star Wars movies. <laughs> it's it's the, the break into Electric Boogaloo yeah. of Star Wars movies. Yes, yeah. God. No, I think that's Attack of the Clones. Uh, uh. But, you know, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Okay, we're going to wrap this up because we got about five minutes before the movie that is screening right now finishes. I was only going to tell you that I watched Wrongfully Accused to bring it back to Leslie Nielsen. Oh, earlier. yeah. And uh, it was funnier than I thought because I thought it'd be total, total garbage. I'm not recommending it, but I laughed a couple of times because Leslie Nielsen's On a funny. sliding scale of total yeah, yeah. garbage? Yes. Yeah. Uh, partial recommendation due to Leslie Nielsen. And, and tonight you're going to watch Mr. Magoo. Oh, God. I, I don't even think I have, the, I have the guts to watch that personally. But no, Wrongfully Accused, uh, yeah, that was pretty good. I thought there was... Oh, and Shark Season with Michael Madsen was just a terrible direct-to-video movie. Don't watch that. Shark Season. <laughs> Two movies not to it's watch. He literally phones it in. He's on the phone the whole time, doesn't interact with any of the audience or, the, or any of the uh, cast, I should say. Or the audience. So, anyways. Anyways. Josh, I believe you were trying to get away. I believe we're trying to wrap up so we can go to our job, yes, Eric. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us these past couple weeks. We look forward to seeing you again in our crazy, safe, caution-taped, off, mask-wearing, footmarks everywhere, <laughs> new world cinema. You can find us online at mayfairtheater.ca. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to visit our friends at House of Targ. We're open on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays now for free play and in-house pierogi eating and we'll see you soon at the Mayfair for more cool movies on the heels of our seven days in a row sold out Empire Strikes Back extravaganza yay thanks everybody bye 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 -bye. shark season made me realize that we can afford Michael Madsen in a movie so I think we need to do this (laughs) (laughs) he's good Michael Madsen is Lita Marb in the Mayfair I'm here Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. Now, the creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. The continuing story of our band of heroes, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2 and Chewbacca and introducing Lando Calrissian it's an epic of romance of heroes and villains
They cross trackless voids to unknown worlds. A galactic odyssey against oppression. A big, new, sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy next summer.